Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a podcast featuring the experiences of people living with and affected by sexually transmitted infections. Today I have my friend Brittany here with me who drove here all the way from Indiana. Oh, I'm in St. Louis in case you didn't know, by the way, which is I'm in Missouri and you are in Indianapolis. That's right. Right. So um, real quick, do you remember how we met? Absolutely, I do. So I was listening to the Life with Herpes podcast by Alexandra Harbushka, and you were her guest that week. And I was like, who's this dude? He's really cool. And then I learned about the Life with Herpes podcast and the work that you were doing. So then I started following your podcast as well and your um, social media page and found you in one of the secret groups on Facebook. Nice. And for those who don't know, the secret groups are, I mean, if you just reach out to me, I'll try and get you connected to something that's close to you. The secret groups are mainly for support, but there's also interest groups, dating groups for people who may be newly diagnosed or have been diagnosed for a while and have felt alone. It's good to have something like this um, just to get around other people who you are able to get advice from, you're able to vent to. Or uh, Mm -hmm. just begin dating without the discomfort of having that conversation about having herpes. So if you're interested in that, just shoot me an email, um, CourtneyWBrame at gmail.com. Or just follow me on social media. I'm very active there. You can just send me a message. So that's how me and Brittany met. So hopefully I get to meet some more of you guys on there. And (laughs) for those who don't follow the the Something Positive for Positive People social media, there are hashtags. So... Um, something positive for positive people as a hashtag is long AF. So I shortened <laughs> it with hashtag SPFPP, which is just the first letter of each word of the podcast. You can follow that without uh, having to worry about friends maybe figuring out, oh, this person follows a herpes podcast or an STD podcast. So um, that's pretty secretive. And you can keep up with uh, updates to the podcast just for people who may not want to follow it on iTunes or whatever podcast player or subscribe to it just out of fear of being found out. I understand not everybody's at the place that I'm at with this and their diagnosis. So um, I tried to do something to make it a little more accessible to everyone to where we're comfortable enough to be able to keep up with the information that we're providing. So that's it for me uh, at the beginning here. Um, that's a longer intro than normal, but I wanted to make sure and get that out the way because I normally just say those things at the end. Oh, continue to rate and review the podcast. So, Brittany, Absolutely. how old yeah. are you? I am 32 years old. 32 years young. You can't that's say it right. like that. That's <laughs> right. You're right. Thank you for the correction. <laughs> and uh, I know you have a tattoo on your forearm. You told yeah. me about this before the podcast, but I thought that the story behind that was pretty cool. What is it? Yeah, so I have the moon phases on my arm. And I decided to get that a couple years ago after I was very inspired by learning that women's bodies, when they are in sync and in natural rhythm, uh, coincide with the same rhythm of the moon cycle. Nice. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, thank you. Me too. (laughs) I would hope so. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And how long have you been diagnosed with herpes type? Two. So. I have herpes type 1 as well. Actually, upon learning about herpes, I actually have five of the eight types of herpes in the herpes family. And what are those five? Oh, goodness. So herpes type 1, which is typically oral herpes. Um, I've had that since I was a child, never formally diagnosed. 
um, herpes type 2, which I have had since January of 2017. Um, and mononucleosis and chickenpox are both types of herpes viruses. And right now, at the top of my head, I can't think of the fifth one. But. That's all right. And what was that big, long word you said? Mono. So the oh. kissing disease, yeah. which could also be called Epstein-Barr virus. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a type of herpes. So does mono stick with you? Yeah, it's a virus. It stays in your body. It's not active always, mm-hmm. but um, it's something that's with you forever. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I knew mono was a type of herpes, but I thought that that was just something that when you were, let's say someone's active and you expose them to it, now they have, you know, the active virus, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and you know what, I should say, I, I don't know a ton, I'm not a doctor. Oh, no, it's fine. So, when, so when these things happen, where someone brings up something that I don't, that we can't really go into detail about, I always make a point to discuss them in later episodes yeah so it's it's fine so where i learned about it was that book that i told you about um the it's called the good news about the bad news Mm -hmm. uh, which is all about herpes and so there's a whole section in this book it's by uh dr terry warren Mm -hmm. or she's a nurse practitioner out of portland oregon this is the herpes bible um if anybody's feeling really scared about their diagnosis or really unsure I so, so recommend getting this book. It provided me more comfort and confidence than anything else has on my herpes journey. And one of the sections in there is saying getting to know the family, which is the eight types of herpes viruses that there are. So that's when I realized, like, wow, okay, I I came to this book because now I have um, genital herpes, HSV2. But the reality is, is that I've been living with multiple types of herpes my whole life without any stigma attached to them so yeah yeah so were any of these diagnoses diagnoses um Mm -hmm. devastating to you or did any of them hit you hard like you said you had type 1 cold sore since you were a kid right so obviously growing up that didn't really affect you no and I never have even thought to tell anyone that I had it like before I kissed them right I never felt like I needed to disclose that didn't do much about that ever. And um, I think part of that, too, is because herpes is cold sores. Everybody gets cold sores. Right. But we get to a point where not everyone knows that cold sores are herpes. Yes. And then, you know, they go from oral to or, or yeah, oral to oral. And then someone goes oral to genital on someone. And now all of a sudden it's the worst fucking thing in the world. That's right. That's right. And when you were diagnosed with genital herpes, mm-hmm. do you know where it came from? I do know where it came from. You comfortable talking about that? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So my ex-boyfriend is the person who I contracted from. Um, it was, he's a doctor. He's a medical doctor. So it felt very um, shocking to get herpes from him because we had the sex talk before we ever had sex. Do you have anything? No. Do you? No. When was the last time you were tested? You know, all that. We even used a condom the first time we had sex, but I still contracted. Um, And he claimed that he didn't know, but in hindsight, based on his reaction and what I've learned about his character since, I do believe that he knew and he just never disclosed to me. Mm -hmm. That's unfortunate because, especially from a medical professional, you would expect that knowledge you would expect that education you'd expect even that integrity 
Absolutely. Yeah. But I do want to ask you, though. So you've had cold sores, type Mm -hmm. 1. And I guess when you just always have it, was there, there was no reason for you to ever research oral herpes or HSV-1 because... I'm sure your parents even told you, like, oh, yeah, th- that's just a cold sore, fever blister. Sore. Put something on it and that's don't right. kiss anyone while you have it, right? That's right. So you didn't have any reason to do any research on it. So there, you probably didn't even know it was herpes. No, no. Yeah. And after getting type 2, is that when you started to do the research? So I did start doing a little bit of research, but mainly I just talked to my boyfriend about it because he knew. And I went to my physician and talked with them. But I really wasn't that concerned about it because I was super in love and we were talking about getting married. And I thought, well, this just isn't a big deal then. If you have it and now I have it, but we're partners and we're going to be together, then I didn't stress about it at first. But it was when we broke up that I really spiraled down and sank into a minor depression for a while. But that motivated me immediately. Like, okay, I need to do something about this. I need to get in these online groups. I need people who understand. I went to a local support group. I started reading everything I could about it to educate myself and learn, like, what does this mean for my life? And it wasn't too long before I had a pretty quick turnaround and started feeling better about the diagnosis. How long after your diagnosis before you and two ended the relationship? Before you two ended the relationship? Mm, Two months after I contracted, we were not seeing each other anymore. Now, was that more of like a personality thing or did it have to do with the dishonesty, the deception about the herpes? It did not have to do with the deception about the herpes. It had to do with the deception about his feelings for his ex-girlfriend. He oh. ended up going back with her. You had a case of the ex. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, and that sucks too because like a lot of people... I always say a lot of people, but there are situations where people will blame the herpes. Oftentimes, I'm so glad that you didn't just now. Like, this was something completely outside of the herpes. He just Mm -hmm. wanted to be with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I think an important takeaway from your situation there is that you can be madly in love with somebody, contract herpes from them. And this is a perfect case where it's not promiscuity. It's not... Um, any of the ways that you would think of someone catching herpes and (laughs) this person didn't cheat on you, you didn't cheat on them, they didn't cheat as far as you know. Right. But this was a relationship that you saw a future in and you just so happened to have contracted herpes from this person and you were okay with it. And then, oh shit, you know, 2018 Mm -hmm. where people... (laughs) You have multiple Mm -hmm. uh, options available. So he just decided to go back to his ex. That's right. So. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was a pretty devastating thing for me, mainly because I was just crushed and heartbroken. I was really in love. I really thought that we were going to get married. He had kids who I loved and adored too. So just the separation of the relationship was hard enough. However, the fact that I was like, I'm 30 years old, I want to have a family, and now I have to go out in the world and try to find this again with herpes, the first STI I'd ever contracted in my life, I really didn't know how to handle that. I mean, it completely overwhelmed me. Um, I got into counseling right away, too, which was wonderful because working with a therapist, it just helped bring me more into the light of awareness. Like, what is this really? And is this that big of a deal? You know, I had so much focus 
on the herpes virus. And really, I was putting way too much emphasis on that. Like, I was still me. I was still wonderful me with all my qualities and all the great things about me that somebody could love and adore. And this was just one element. People accept um, unfavorable realities about other humans all the time. I know I do, right? Like, nobody's perfect. And this is just something that's part of my story now. And being in therapy and the help of the support groups and all that really helped me see that. So, like, bring herpes down to the right size that it needed to be in my life instead of this huge blanketing fact, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what has therapy done for you in that? So it was really interesting. I went in thinking herpes and a broken heart was what I needed to deal with. And I learned that I actually had a lot of emotional work to do. I was pretty spiritually developed. I have been for the last five or six years. So I was um, shocked when I was so knocked down by this. Like, why wasn't my spirituality holding me in it? And what I learned was that doing your own spiritual work is a lot different from doing your emotional work. So while that part I was good in, I had a lot of emotional work and labor to do for myself and for my well-being, which ultimately has made my relationships better. So it changed my life. I mean, it really awoke me in a way that I didn't know that I needed. So you were able to discover your blind spots with the therapist, basically. Yes, yes, and learn discernment in relationships. What does that mean? So discernment means that maybe, so trusting somebody else is a good thing, Mm -hmm. only if they're trustworthy. Uh, So you would trust, so you probably had a habit of trusting people who probably weren't trustworthy people. Correct. Like my ex-boyfriend who I contracted her face from. How do you know, though? Like, there's no way for you to know that someone who you don't have a history with of right. lies or deception is being dishonest. Because you would like to think that everyone's going to be honest with you and tell you the truth about everything. But how, yeah. do we, how do we judge that? So part of that is time, right? And I am, like, I love being swept off my feet. Right. I am all about romance and get really caught up in things really quickly. But that harms me a lot. So discernment in that way is saying, yes, okay, I'm going to follow this. I'm not going to push away these happy feelings or when I'm so super excited about someone. That's not bad, but it needs time and to tell like what is true and what's not. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of that could be false. Yeah. Right. And if I don't give myself the time and space to discern that, then I might end up getting really hurt. So I hope a lot of us just learned a new word. Usually I Google stuff, but my phone's in airplane <laughs> mode and being used for the recording of this podcast. I do that all the time. Someone says something to me the other day, and I, I forget the word, but I know what it means now if I hear it right. again. But I had to, oh, she used subsidized outside of its context with student loans. And I was like... Let me Google uh. shit real quick. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. That is. And I, I, I told her later and we laughed about it. But um, what's interesting to me is that you said um, you felt very, you didn't You say this verbatim, but you felt grounded in your spirituality. Yes. Like you essentially knew yourself from that respect, right? Absolutely. How did you, How did? what made you think that? And then what showed you that you didn't in therapy? Mm. Great question. So I started following a a yogic path 
becoming a yogi, if you will, probably about six years ago. Before that, I would have said I was agnostic, even atheist. Um, And then once I started following that tradition and like the yoga path, I really started connecting to my spiritual source. And the main way I do that is with nature. But it was so overpowering that, I mean, I've even considered just uprooting my life and changing it all to follow that path. Now I haven't. I'm a little <laughs> I'm a little traditional too, right? Midwest girl. I like my life. So I I drink my beer and I have fun with my friends and I just go to yoga class, meditate now and then, all that. But um that was an identity of mine to be honest that I was a spiritual woman. I started that a women's group that I was telling you about called Red Tent Indie, which is definitely connected with spirituality and the feminine power. Um that I hold and all women do really. So that was a very, very strong point in my life. And I had, I, I've really been seeking an intimate partnership and I had stopped wanting to have promiscuous sex, which at one point was totally what I wanted to do. I wanted to, I felt empowered in that, right? Like I am free to use my body as I want and engage in sexual relationships with whoever I want. But then as I started going down this spiritual path, I realized that that felt like a disservice to my soul. And I started wanting more um, intimate partnerships that were deeply connected. And that was right at the time that I had met my former partner who I contracted from. So (laughs) funny story, the first time we had sex, I heard the word herpes it came to me like like spirit or source was telling me that and I ignored it but do you know what intuition is oh yeah like that gut feeling right Mm -hmm. like that inner voice of truth that some say that that spirit talking to you and call spirit god gaia universe universe energy source like you said yeah whatever you Mm -hmm. want to call it but literally it like spoke to me in that morning moment and said herpes and I did nothing. That's never happened to me before, Wait, ever. So the next morning, you're like having sex, and maybe he whispered it, and he was kind of disclosing it that moment. He's like, <laughs> It wasn't him All saying right. it. It wasn't him. But I ignored it. I ignored it. And four days later, there I was, mm-hmm. right? So it felt like this very clear disconnect for me that, that I had this opportunity to listen to that inner voice, that inner voice that I had worked so hard at developing and, and finding out how to be open to it and listen to it. And in that moment, I turned my back on it. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because I blame myself. I don't at all. But in hindsight, I can see like that was a very clear moment where I went away from that, from, from my intuition and what, what my body was telling me and, what ultimately ended up being the truth. Yeah. And so in counseling, um, I did talk about my spiritual health, and I felt I felt confused by that. Like, how could I have turned away from that? I felt like that was a direct message that I received in that moment that I blatantly ignored, and now I have this consequence to live with forever. And my therapist, I had the best therapist ever. She's seriously amazing. And like my, 
my counseling guru. I'm a counselor, too, for my job. So I've got mad, I've got high standards and mad respect for her. <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah, anyways, so I was just discerning, again, between what was spiritual work and what was emotional work that needed to be done. And with her, I, I realized that I was really good in the spiritual realm, but emotionally, I had a lot to do. Yeah. Um, I think that that's interesting because I like a lot of yoga type stuff too. I haven't been in a while, but I remember a lot of the teachings from the instructors. They would talk about the different chakras and Mm -hmm. the different energies. And what resonated with me the most was the mind, uh, your emotions, your, Mm. uh, body and the spirituality. So Mm -hmm. I've kind of gone through and, and done some introspective work and, decided that those are four very key areas of connection that we have to be with ourselves like you are mm-hmm. you have to be connected to your body you have yes. to be connected with your spirit you have to be connected with your emotions and your mind as well if you let okay. any of these things run wild they will begin to control your behavior in some aspect sure. so for you when you say that there was conflict between the spirit body and emotions yeah like what is that is that accurate? Is that an accurate statement that there was conflict there? In that moment, yeah. Mm-hmm. And in my life, sure, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about the whole journey of it is about how do I find balance between these things? Yeah. And it was out of balance. One could even argue that if you were in balance, maybe you would never even have outbreaks or you would have never even contracted. Oh, that's a good point, too. Yeah, because I can see that. So, like, I have this visual in my mind of, like those four areas that I talked about, the mind, body, spirit, and emotions, where they're all evenly balanced on some sort of a scale, so to speak. And, like, if one's out of whack, then whatever that is, that energy is feeding into you and saying, hey, pay attention to me. So if it's, like, your body, then... Or it, it just uses your life situation in order to be heard. So when you heard herpes, it was because mm-hmm. it was like your spirit is using your body to communicate with you. It's like, hey, you know, we're not as, you know, in tune as you might think we are. Right. So yeah, is that, absolutely. Is that kind of what you would say you felt? I just want to be able to put it in the terms where someone who's listening would be able to sort of relate. Yeah. Well, yeah, I felt like in that moment, my spirituality was actually totally imbalanced it was very turned on and saying listen to this listen to me I'm here I'm I'm giving you a sign a signal a message and the if anything made it out of balance it was that I turned away from it Mm -hmm. and I said no 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 more than that I want this relationship I want this intimate connection I want the sex right now I want to have that and and I ignored that part of me so it was more like turning your back on your spirituality for your body like your yes. body wanted to have that yes. experience and your spirit was like probably shouldn't do this yes and you went against that you were like fuck you spirit i'm going with the body on this one okay i got it i got that's it that's right and that's interesting too because it's at that time you know you said that i believe that the energy that you exchange with someone like sex is an energy exchange so like i won't have sex with anyone well anymore who has like a negative 
energy field to them. Because I, I don't believe you get more or less energy. Like, energy is there. It's just transferable. So the That's type right. of energy that you have, be it negative, if you yes. connect your bodies, like, you're literally physically connecting your body to somebody else and exchanging that energy. And whoever has the overpowering one is going to feed the other person more of that. And that's just like a personal opinion. But in my experience, that's been true, you know? So if I'm like in a bad mood or something, I don't think that it's a really good idea to engage in sexually sexual activity, but it's like the higher people are energetically or that more positive that they are energetically, that's when they're in the, best position to exchange that energy be it emotionally mentally uh spiritually or physically yes absolutely when i started changing how i engaged sexually with partners it was after i saw this image online and it was of a man and a woman um in missionary position so you had mentioned the chakras right the seven energy centers that go up our spinal oh there's seven there's, well, it depends on who you're following. Some would say that there's way more, yeah. but there's seven main ones that a lot of, if, if you're familiar with chakras, you probably know these seven. And so it had these seven points on the male and female spine and it showed them together face to face with a circle going between connecting all oh, 14. That's a pretty cool uh, image. Like I can picture that. Yeah. Yeah. So what it, what it said with this picture was, don't have sex with anybody who you wouldn't want to be because you are taking on their energy. Like you're literally picking it up and putting it in your body. So if you don't think that person is a good person, if they're not positive, like you said, yeah. if you don't even like them, right? Like don't have sex with them because you're literally going to be carrying a part of them with you. And that blew my fucking mind yeah. to be honest. Cause when I was younger, you know, I may have had sex with somebody that I was like, Ugh, whatever about them. I, I was serving the body. I was serving my hormonal desires to engage in physical intimacy with somebody and having my spiritual self be something completely separate. And then I had this awakening, right? This image awoke me to that, that they're not separate. They're one and the same. And so I started trying to align my life and my actions with that more. Yeah, I like that, too, um, because one thing that, as you were speaking, that spoke to me was that uh, I had flashbacks of the types of sexual relationships that I've had in the past and how they how the energy exchange was. So like hate sex mm -hmm. or makeup sex, like you are literally engaging in a negative emotion with someone and playing it out physically. And it's just like, you develop this hatred for each other, this, this rage, this negativity, which is fucking hot in the moment, but long-term that's really what you're feeding. And when you come to have your own personal mm -hmm. awakening of what this really is and that, you want to be a better person or you want to have more of a positive energy to yourself or positive influence, whatever, however you want to word it. And I try to be as universal as possible when I say these things so that I'm not turning off the atheist or turning off the Christian or the Buddhist or the Muslim or all religions involved right. or spiritual beliefs um, included here when I say these things. But when you are feeding that negativity, you begin to... You, you, and you continue to have those negative feelings in your behavior and you see it everywhere in life. Now, 
if you choose to engage that because it's genuinely what you like. Like if you like to have the hate sex, the passionate sex, like I think that there's a different way that it can be acted out when you are mm-hmm. conscious of it. But if it's like, oh, I hate this person so much. Why do I hate them so much? And you don't necessarily know or understand the emotion behind it. It's probably best not to engage it. Yeah, absolutely. And in a moment like that, you might look for other coping skills yeah. to get that anger or emotion out instead of sex can be a coping skill, right? Just like alcohol or drugs or they, they tend to be slippery slopes and yeah. can turn into more unhealthy patterns for us if we're not like conscious of how we're using them. Um, but yeah, to your point, I mean, like that I've never personally had hate sex. Oh, good for you. Or like angry <laughs> sex. Yeah, don't, don't. I haven't. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's really addicting. interesting it's a, to hear your very, perspective on that. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, it's a hard cycle to break. Cause it's like when mm. you, there's passion, the passion, I believe obviously has its different levels of emotions, but, um, makeup sex is another good one. It's like, you're so sad and distraught from something mm. that some other person did to you. And it's like when they, recover or when they uh when they when they take you back or accept you or forgive you and you forgive each other it's like that feeling you get of Mm. relief from this acting out of i forgive you through the physical body Mm. by sexual engagement it's like yes and you can you can easily become hooked to that so now you've got this cycle of behavior this pattern where you intentionally do something to hurt the other person or allow yourself to be mm. hurt by the other person so that you're able to come together and fix that thing that was broken and get the feeling that comes from that. And it's just such a negative pattern of behavior. Yeah. I, and I, I'm speaking from experience because I've been there. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's a real thing. It sounds kind of unhealthy, but I can see why it would be so addictive, right? We... We love sex. Our bodies like it. So if that's a way to feel that desire and that connection, yeah. Completely. And then, um, yeah, so with that, like I said, it it plays out in different areas of your life. But for you, let's get back to your personal experience. Because like I told you, I'll I'll talk about me for days. I (laughs) I like hearing your personal experience, too. I never get to talk. So I like I haven't had that really. And maybe because I haven't had many long term partnerships where I've gotten to that place. You've also been in tune with your spirituality. Whereas for me, I would say I was walking around blindly and I use the phrase zombie mode where it's like, okay, I have kind of a one track mind. This is what I'm after. And it's that place and time what was most important to me in terms of a partner was physicality sex Mm -hmm. so the spirituality the emotional connection the mental connection all of those things went out of the window until i realized like this is a negative pattern of behavior Mm -hmm. so it took that awakening for me to be like oh i need to not be in zombie mode anymore and make more conscious choices so if i enjoyed that feeling so I do this thing where I journal if I'm experiencing emotion if I'm experiencing an emotion I will write down I feel blank Mm -hmm. why do I feel blank so for these specific examples it would be like if you a lot of people get anxiety or stress so I've learned to detect my anxiety and deal with it at the core just Mm -hmm. by going okay I'm not feeling myself something's out like something's off so I'll write down why am I feeling 
like stressed or sad. It's usually like a, a, a sad or bored. Bored is more accurate. So if I'm bored, it's like, well, why am I bored? I am not. Uh, the reason I'm bored is because I'm not doing something I need to be doing. And that mm. something usually fuels one of those four things, whether it be my body. I didn't work out. So I'm just in a down uh, energy field. Um, I didn't uh, I didn't take time to pay attention to myself. So my inner my emotional energy may be low because I haven't taken time for myself. My spirituality um, is heavily connected to what I do with this podcast. So in having these kinds of conversations and in trying to uh, help other people and just really do a whatever purpose. I can. Yeah. So that sense of purpose is a perfect That's example. Right. So if I'm not doing something for this and I get down there and then with the mind, it's like, okay, I've been listening to a lot of music lately for when I work out or training at the gym. I just have a lot of rap music playing. So I need to listen to a podcast or I need mm-hmm. to listen to an audio book and get myself back centered on all four, not seven, of those uh, <laughs> energies that I that's right. have recognized in my own life. So um, that's a good thing to do, especially when you're stressed or feeling anxiety, is to get down to the root emotion. And when you deal with it, like I feel better almost instantly. So if I'm feeling bad about not working out and I know that in my body, I go work out and then so forth with the other things. Yeah, because you're paying attention. Yeah, you, you have know? to. You yeah, have to. instead of being like just blind to it or numbing out to the reality of what's going on with your body or your mind, you're, you're showing up for yourself and you're paying attention and you're sitting with what's going on. What do I need to do? And one of the ways that you're doing is through journaling Yeah. An exercise that I love to do as well is to literally have a conversation with myself through journaling. So say I'm feeling really sad. Oh, I'm so depressed that I have herpes and nobody's ever going to love me blah, blah, blah. And like, maybe that's a negative thought that's going through my head. So I'd write it down. Then I'd, I'd follow up by saying, what? That's crazy. What are you talking about? Of course, somebody's going to love you. You're, you're wonderful. Like that doesn't define you. And literally go back and forth between the two sides of my mind that are kind of have conflicting viewpoints until I get to a place where I can find some peace in it, like a middle ground. So it's it's another way to do the same thing that you're saying. Yeah, I like it. And it, that's been so helpful to me over the last three years. I've got like seven or eight or nine notebooks just full of journaling <laughs> of different situations like that. It's like, man, this is how I feel about this situation. And one example is um, I was recently, like I had an ulcer on my tongue and I was hoping it was herpes related. I didn't know what it was. So I started taking my Valtrex and I'm like, oh shit, this isn't going away. So I go to urgent care and I'm like, hey, this really fucking hurts. Like, I don't know what it is. And I was hoping so hard that it was herpes. And he was like, nope, you have an ulcer. I was like, well, what's it from? And he was like, well, it could be drinking too much caffeine. And I did some Googling myself. And one of the things that came up was stress. And I was like, well, why am I stressed? So, um... I was, I I left my phone, I let Sierra hold my phone while I was in the doctor's office, and I just sat there, and I just took some deep breaths, and I was like, what is going on in my life right now? Mm. And it was uh, a trip that I had planned, 
and it was out in California. I was going to go house it for a friend, and, like, I was just thinking, I was like, well, if I go there, I'm going to be away from work for a week, and if I'm away from work, that means I'm not making money, and there was just all these Mm. other things connected to that, so I made a decision. I was like, well, when I leave here, I'm going to call her and say, I I probably, I'm not going to be able to do this, and so after I did that, she was real cool about it, and like I obviously I took the medication but I just felt better like in my body everything was just better and it's crazy how those things that we can just go on ignoring because had I had my phone I might have been distracted from even taking the time to create space where nothing external was going on to where the internal like the herpes whisper that you had I was able to hear that and then I was able to be receptive to it and move forward accordingly yeah there's some lines of thinking and of thought that say whatever is showing up in our body that it's connected to something deeper like that ulcer is connected to stress yeah so herpes right if that shows up that that's connected to something deeper and i know for me it's true that herpes was a catalyst for me to get in and do some of the stuff that i needed to do like work that I had no idea was going on that was impacting everything in my life and negatively impacting my relationships. Mm -hmm. So it was that that kind of made me say, I got to deal with this, (laughs) right? I got to get to the bottom of this. What is happening and what is the root cause of it? Mm -hmm. And when I came back home uh, a year and a half ago um, and I'm met up with my buddy Carl I've known for 11 years we work together now um one of the things that he said to me was you need to get a relationship with God and like I said universally it's God universe whatever religion you subscribe to and all of that and that was when I realized I didn't have a spirituality the last conversation I remember having with God as a Christian man was I was driving into work probably on my lunch break and I was passing up I'm in Houston I was passing up LA Fitness and Chick-fil-A and uh wing some wing place and I said God I'm about to do things a little bit different (laughs) and it goes against what I I don't know if it goes against what I was raised to believe but like going to church for example like that was a thing that I decided against. Like I don't want to do that. So this I was like, if I'm doing anything wrong, don't like show me a revelation through killing somebody or having some sort of a tragedy or breaking my legs or something. Just like let me know I'm doing the right things. Like just give me that assurance that I'm on the right path, and I'll do I'll do everything that I'll, I'll continue doing that. So since doing that, I've followed a lot of subtle signs that Mm. guided me back home. And so when I got back home and Carl put it into words, you need to get a relationship with God. It was like, okay, so I'm on the path to that. But what like what next? What next? And eventually, like I ran into the girl who wanted to commit suicide. And once Mm. I saw that, I started seeing it everywhere. And it was like, man, you know, something needs to be done. Like someone needs to help these people. And so after just talking to people and getting this podcast going, I've noticed consistently that life has been going well. Now, mind you, like I haven't been full time employed in over a year and a half. And somehow like I'm living in the central west end of St. Louis and I'm working uh, with one of my closest friends and able to still support myself and all of the things that 
I've accumulated through from working, like having the car payment, insurance, and bills and stuff like that. So it's just been little things like that that just say, all right, Courtney, you got to keep going. And like I said, my spirituality is more so connected with helping other people. It's connected through this podcast is a tool that amplifies my own spirituality. Like you can still be connected to people in recognition of the fact that we're all humans and we're all breathing the same air, we're going to die. And just like recognizing that sameness within us and helping other people who you don't expect anything else from. So, you know, one aspect of spirituality could be buying a homeless person food or having a conversation Mm -hmm. with someone who can do nothing for you or you wouldn't normally have a conversation with or something like that. Yeah, I think spirituality a lot can get misconstrued with being religious and they're not the same thing, or they're at least not the same thing for me. Or me. Like I said, I mean, I feel spiritual the most when I am walking in the woods, when I am sitting by the river, right? Like, that's when I feel that force within myself that's something greater. But I also feel it when I'm working with a grieving child, and I'm being of service towards them and giving back, if for nothing else, just holding space for their sadness and their suffering. But you're right. I mean, it spirituality could mean just having meaning and like making sense of our world feeling that there's something greater than ourselves whether that's our family or our fellow countrymen or people around the world the the fish in the ocean you know yeah and i think that a good way well i'm just gonna put it out there like i believe that life itself is what that is and anything that promotes the preservation of or furthering of life would be what I consider to be spiritual. So I've tried to stop killing bugs. Yeah. <laughs> and like little things like that to me. Or yeah. um, if I see trash on the ground in my walkway, I'll try and pick it up and throw it away. And I, I say try because I don't always do it. It's not consistent enough. Um, I'll see spiders and just try and capture them and let them out. And I just notice like, I believe some sort of karma is being built up and there's something that happens that has nothing to do with that event where it's like, oh my God, like I, this good thing happened to me. Mm. Maybe it's because I let that fly out and you know how hard it is to capture and let out a fly. (laughs) I do because I've been doing that for years too. I, I also don't like to kill anything. I like to just accept things as they are. So when a bug is in my house, I yeah. say hello to it and then me- I let it out I think it's like a meaningless thing because like for food like I'll eat fish I'll eat chicken I'll eat beef I'll eat pork like I'll I'll eat all I'll eat food because like that's what it's there for like food is there for the preservation of life and yeah we eat animals but we also eat plants like uh, what I, I don't like when people say you're killing animals it's like well you're also killing plants mm-hmm. <laughs> so like how do you how do we balance that there so true i have as a former vegetarian of five years i have a little bit of a different perspective than that i do i do eat meat now Mm -hmm. um but it is life and i i think when we disconnect from the consciousness of that that like that was a living creature we get into trouble right that like ripples out into how we can dehumanize other people and the environment and the planet um I love... Have you ever heard of Ram Dass? No, what's that? He, it's a man. Oh, um, he, <laughs> who's that? Who's that? He is a Western spiritual teacher, and he has this... Um, he, he's 
passed now recently, actually. Um, but something that he would say were about, like, understanding other people and, and accepting others as they are, just as they are. Maybe accepting them with different disabilities or personalities or viruses or whatever you want to call it. Um, he said, when you walk into a forest and you see all these different trees and they look completely unique, not one of them is the same. And you can look at these trees and you can see, oh, maybe it's shaped like that because it didn't get enough water. Or that tree got an infection and that's why it has that. Or this one was exposed to a lot of severe weather. But you just accept it exactly as it is. You don't try to change it. You just look at it and think, oh, it, it makes up the forest. And he goes, so I try to turn people into trees so that wherever I go, I can just look at them and say, I accept you just as you are. Yeah, I think that's a good definition for what peace is. Mm. And when you feel that connectedness to everything around you the way that you just described it's like oh you know i i see what these things are and i accept them for what they are i accept people for who they are and how they are and you don't you don't live life suffering like trying to change people i need you to be this way i need you to be that way and it's just so much more enjoyable to live absolutely and accepting ourselves yeah right that really it all comes from within if we have self-acceptance and self-love, we're going to project that out into the world. Mm-hmm. And we're, then we're also going to demand that we receive that. We won't accept anything else from somebody else in our life. We won't take less. If we already have that within, we'll automatically attract that from other people too. And when you say we automatically attract that, let's put that in a practical sense. So Mm -hmm. people say, well, I am this way or I think myself to be this way, Mm -hmm. but I still attract all this other stuff. And what I have to say to that from my own personal experience is that the universe, life, God, whatever higher power you believe in or don't believe in, we can all agree with life. Life is going to challenge you to be who you say you are. And you will constantly be tested. And if you think you're the kind of person who really wants to be in shape and fit, you can't always be going out with your friends to bar crawls, drinking, and uh, doing all that kind of stuff. And it's the same thing in relationships. If you want a long-term stable relationship, you have to be willing to pass life's test by declining the person who is interested in you the first person who expressed interest or the person who is in a relationship or the person who uh is, treats you like shit so that you can allow for a person the right person to come into your life who's going to contribute to it and be the kind of person you expect them to be based on who you are and who you say to life that you are because you're going to be tested and all you got to do is just continue to pass the test like as challenging as that is, it's also rewarding to set that goal of being who you say you are and then having it be proven through the success of, you know, seeing that mirrored back to you from the world around you. What? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love doing these in-person interviews so much. <laughs> um, but that's I, I, 
I, I know I did a lot of talking here, but I really, one of the things that really struck me about talking to you was when we spoke on the phone prior to doing the interview, it was like the spiritual element. And it's something that we don't talk about much. We don't explore it all. And it's really easy to neglect because it's not tangible. It's not there. Your body is real. Your emotions are real. What's happening in your mind is real. When you make a conscious choice to believe in something or choose not to believe in anything, you're still making a choice in how you perceive life. So it's like, in the grand scheme of things, there is some sort of unlying, underlying purpose behind everything that exists, everything that's here. And that kind of is what directs you down a spiritual path. It's like, all right, you're living life this way and as you live life you're collecting the experiences throughout your life that are needed to equip you with the tools that you need to allow for you to fulfill whatever it is your purpose is so for me I I contribute like my past experiences in relationships with my family with friends uh, playing sports uh, majoring in advertising when I have such a fascination with psychology and oh by the way contracting herpes that all led me to meeting someone and being equipped to deal with it in the way that I'm able to deal with it. Like working at an ad agency that did podcasts. It was like, oh, we're listening to all these podcasts. And, oh, it's a great idea to start a podcast to do something like this. So I look at it like that now from a spiritual perspective because there was no spirituality prior to that. And when it got activated and turned on, it was like, all right, I know what to do with it. And I'm constantly being tested personally to keep moving forward and doing what this is and having amazing guests like you on the podcast, Brittany. Oh, thanks, Courtney. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes, which I got from Yoga Girl, uh, her name's Rachel Braithen, but her, her social media name is Yoga Girl. She says, life happens for you, not to you. Isn't that amazing? Life happens for you, not to you. If you hold that to be true, you immediately remove yourself from being a victim of anything, right? And it reshifts your focus to see how could this situation, often a challenging situation, right, if we're using this, how can this be for my benefit? How can this help me? like gear me towards the person who I want to be or the relationship I want to have or the type of health I want to, I want to obtain for myself. And I, yeah, I mean, what you said is like, right. We, we are all going to be faced with suffering in our lives. It is part of the human experience, but what we choose to do with it is absolutely a choice. What you said just gave me chills because uh, the quote, what was it? Life is happening for you, not to you. All right, because I I say on various episodes, I'm like, life's about what happens through you, not to you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, that sounds like a really good way of putting that. So I want to, I'll follow her. I'll check her out. Yeah. Um, Damn, what did you just say? Life happens for you. Not that part. There was something I wanted to add to what you said. Oh, well. I'll remember it like when I'm showering or something in the <laughs> randomly like on your is. commute it'll come back to you yeah <laughs> so true <laughs> but is all of this is really good and I thank you for being brave coming out here meeting me doing this podcast episode 
Um, is there something, anything else that you want to leave the listeners with? Well, what I would encourage everyone listening to this um, to do is just really like go to that inner place. See if your herpes diagnosis or whatever diagnosis you have, um, what that means on a, on a deeper level to you, how you make meaning out of that in your life. Um, how you can use it for purpose, right? How can you take that and have it, have your diagnosis happen for you, not to you, Yeah. right? Because we all have that choice. Part of how I've made good, I've made medicine out of this difficult thing is exactly what I'm doing today with you, right? Coming here, sharing my story, sharing my perspective, and knowing that hopefully that's going to help somebody else just as everybody else who's been brave and shared their stories has helped me so far in my journey. So yeah, I keep looking, keep connecting, know that you're absolutely not alone. Know that it's only as big of a deal as you make it. And it, you can still have a beautiful full life with this diagnosis. Yeah. And one thing that I want to add to that and leave you guys with is if not herpes, then what else? Because it could not be herpes. That could mm. totally be other things that are going on in your life that so have been ignored. And for me personally, it was my spirituality. It was completely ignored. And herpes just kind of was like a, 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 a post, a sign, a, a post, sign, sign post, sign yeah. post <laughs> that was pointing me in the direction of that. And I had all the signs from life, people who've come in and out of it to point me in the direction of obtaining that spiritual connection so just um i I encourage you guys to just look into that look deeper look at the herpes and then go deeper right and stay positive oh you took my line Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, thank you so much Brittany, for coming out here yeah thank you courtney uh so Brittany is one of the people who is on the podcast like she lets me tag her and things so if you want to reach out to her you can either private message on social media or you can just shoot her an email at b-c-h-e-v-i-r-o-1-2 at gmail.com and i'll be sure to put that in the show notes so that you guys are able to find her i'm always looking for new guests to have on the podcast everybody has their own unique story and uh unique lessons and experiences that they've learned that are applicable applicable (laughs) to someone else who may come across this podcast and it's it's very powerful to be able to contribute to something like that so if you believe that you're up for sharing you don't have to give me your social media and stuff as well you can just share your story you can just shoot me an email like i said at courtney at at gmail.com or you can just follow me on social media and send me a message there Again, please follow the hashtag SPFPP. That's where I'll be posting all of the updates, latest episodes, and additional information of stuff that's going on with the podcast. Please continue to leave those ratings, reviews. They help people find the podcast. And it is really extraordinarily helpful because just people are finding it and being able to connect to the resources that they need to help them through their diagnosis, the support groups, the dating groups, the interest groups, and just therapy as well. So please do us that service and just leave that review and share the podcast with somebody. And until next time, well, you already said it. You want to just say it again? Stay positive.